those of you paying attention, uh, we're supposed to be doing goodness today, but we skipped a couple, um, and I took the liberty of going out of order, so we're going to be talking about gentleness today. And we've been studying this verse uh, for the past month and a half, the fruit of the Spirit is love. So this is how, as followers of Jesus, we're to show up in an anxious world, in a world where there's all these competing interests, where there's pressure and stress. We're here to show up as people of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, stay tuned, they're coming, gentleness and self-control. And I, I wanted to talk about gentleness. I think that the Lord wanted me to talk about gentleness this week. I was praying. We have prayer each week, and I was in prayer with um, uh, Michelle, and we were praying, and God was just highlighting gentleness, and I felt like, you know, let's talk about that today. So, um, someone mowing the lawn? <laughs> okay, we'll just ignore that and keep moving. Sounds like, oh, it's gone. Uh, so, a lot of you know this story, but, but there's a lot of new people here, so you might not know this story. Um, a couple of years ago, I took the teenagers on a missions trip to Texas, and um, the low point and most memorable point of the trip was that we all, well, most of us, almost died in a terrible, horrific car accident. It's a true story. And so we were driving in a 15-passenger van, and um, we were at a stoplight, and the light turned green, and as we pulled out to turn... Um, somebody blew through the red light going 50-some miles an hour, hit us, flipped us. We ended up flipping this way and this way and landed kind of sort of upside down, sideways, and um, miraculously, no one was seriously injured. Two kids needed um, hospital attention. Well, actually, we all went to the hospital, but two kids had ex- some injuries they needed dealt with, but it was terrifying for me. <laughs> Um, and you can talk to each of the kids. We've all like had to walk through uh, PTSD with loud noises when you're driving and cars stopping. And um, I don't know that I'll ever get in a white van again either. But uh, it it was it was really scary. And and you know if you're an adult and you've ever been responsible for other people's kids, there was just an added weight upon me as I as I like started getting them out of the van and thinking like a bunch of them were kids of parents I've known my whole life, you know, kids who I love dearly, and just watching each of them get out, and, and everybody was, like, walking and, and okay, generally. And so then we went to the hospital and all this stuff, and they decided they had to keep me overnight, which was horrible, because I just wanted to be with my kids. Two of my actual kids were in the van. I just wanted to be with my kids and with the kids back at the base. Everyone else pretty much got to go home um, but I had to stay because I had like some seatbelt mark and they were like, you know, you have to stay and be observed overnight. And so I'm laying in this hospital room in Texas by myself. Uh, I'm going back and forth between waves of anxiety and, and crying really hard. And, and it's all kind of just like, I, I know that like it wasn't my fault and I know that everyone's okay, but you, if you've been there, you know, it's just like all these thoughts keep coming, the what ifs, the, those thoughts that are telling you you could have done something different, you should have done something different, and all this stuff. And, and so um, my friend Michael shows up, who was on the trip with us, and he comes into my hotel room, no, uh, hospital room, comes into my hospital room, and he just sits down next to me, and, and he just sat next to me for like three hours. And he 
we always joke about it because Michael's a really good talker. It's too bad that he's not here today. But if you know Michael, you know that he's a really good talker. And he, he, you, don't, you don't need to help him. Like, if you're ever in a conversation with Michael and you don't have anything to say, it's okay. He will carry it for, it, for the two of you. So he sat there and just, like, told me stories from his life for three hours until I fell asleep. And, and like, I was a grown man, right? Uh, I, I just, like, you know, but I needed some help. And I, the way that Michael treated me was, like, gentleness. He came into my moment of, like, pain and anxiety and fear and, and helplessness. Like, I, I can't leave. I've just been through this horrific thing, and I had to, like, watch my kids leave. Stranger, like, I've met this per- the person that drove them back to the base I had met, like, not too long ago. My two kids had to leave with them. Mandy's not there to take care of them. They were just in a horrific car accident. I know they're in pain, and I have to just be in this hospital. And so Michael comes, and he just shows me such incredible gentleness and love and storytelling ability. And, um, and when I think of the word gentleness, I always go back to that moment. And I want you to keep that picture, because this is what I can tell you right now, is that everybody in this room right now is going through something. Everybody in this room right now is carrying some burden. If, if we took time to interview every single one and bring you up on stage, like Christine's going to do in this class. Just kidding. That's not what she's going to do. Come up on stage and, and share, like, what's the really hard thing? Not the thing you share when someone's like, how you doing? And you're like, oh, good. I'm just busy. Like, the, we're all carrying, like, a significant thing or, or probably more than one. And if we took the time to just hear it, this is one of the joys of being a pastor is I, you all let me into your lives. And I get to hear some of those deep things that each of us are carrying. And what I recognize is that everyone's got it. But we all put this face on, right? We're all sitting here, we're all here. We all put this kind of face on that like we're getting by in life. And, and by and large, we are getting by in life, right? Like we all get up in the morning, we all do our thing, we all fulfill our responsibilities for the most part all the while heroically carrying these burdens. You know, for some of you, it's a, it's a kid, right? You have a kid and you have a thing that you're worried about with that kid or your kid's going through something and, and you think about it and you pray about it and you feel a little bit helpless because you can't make other people do things. It's so frustrating. It's like the hardest part of being a parent is that you can't force them to make good decisions, you know? Or... You might be battling a health issue right now. And that health issue is just like, I cannot, it's not going away. It's like there every day when I wake up. It's there and it's, an, it's a present issue and, and other people don't quite get it. They all, they all are used to being sick and then better, but I've never had that. It's always been just there, varying degrees, but you know, it's a health issue. It's not just like a sickness, right? It's been there for a long time. Some of you, it's a relationship issue. Some of you have been in a relationship issue for longer than you would like to remember. Some of you have been battling and working and you just feel like you can't make progress, you know? It's something for all of us, isn't it? There's a, there's a weight that all of us are carrying. For some, it's, it's regret. It's like this thing that when, when I bring up, hey, you're all carrying something difficult, it's the thing you think of that pops to your mind. I wish I hadn't done that or said that or made that decision. And it's just these, these things that we carry. And, and I just want to be like real a little bit this morning. Like what if we could all, 
safely get in touch with that thing. That, what is that thing for you right now? What is that worry, that deep worry, or that fear, or that pain? That thing you think about and you pray about. And I wonder if in that moment today we could just hear Jesus say this. Okay? He says, all things have been committed to me by my Father. So Jesus would come to you right now and he would say, I've got all of it. I've got all of it. All things have been committed to me. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. What there is is there's deep, intimate relationship here. He's saying, you can trust me. I've got it all, and you can trust me. No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. He's inviting us into this relationship, this beautiful, self-sacrificial relationship that exists between God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he's invited us into that, and he says, so come to me. I've got it. I welcome you into this loving relationship. Come to me. Don't come to Netflix. Don't come to distraction. Don't come to substance. Don't come to alcohol. Don't come to sleep. Right? All the things that we do to put band-aids on it, all the things that we do to make it so we don't have to look deeper at that thing. Or He says, come to me. Come and be honest. Come and be real. Come and be authentic. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest, that thing that we're looking for. Come to me if you're burdened, and I will give you rest. And look what he says about himself. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Isn't that an interesting word for the God of the universe, the maker of all things, to say about himself? He's gentle. Do you ever think about Jesus as being gentle? In the Old Testament, there's a prophecy about the Messiah coming, Jesus, that says, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Talking about the gentleness of the Messiah. In one of his last days before his crucifixion, he rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, and it says that he comes as a meek king. That meek is the same word. Same Greek word, different sort of ending here as gentle. He's a gentle king. This is the God of the universe, the maker of all things. He is the commander of the hosts of heavenly angels, right? This is a, a warrior God. He is a God who goes to battle on our defense, right, against the enemy. But he is gentle with us. Come to me, all of you who are weary, you're worn out, You've got dreams that haven't come true. You've got things you've been waiting for. You've got prayers that have gone unanswered. You've got pain that you don't really want to talk to people about. You've got stuff going on in your marriage that is embarrassing. You've got stuff going on in your own life that's embarrassing. And he says, come to me with your stuff, with your dirt, with your pain, with the things that you regret, with the things you're ashamed of, and I will give you rest because I'm gentle and humble. I mean, that's the revelation of God's character that I want you and I, I need to hear this, you need to hear this, this is who he is, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I was going through a really, really hard time in my life a couple years ago, 
And my therapist, who's a Christian, she said, can you just let God care for you? And I said, I have no idea how to do that. I don't understand what you're talking about. What, I, I understand how to study God. I understand how to follow God. I understand how to obey God. I understand how to talk about God. But let God care for me? I'm hurting here. What do you mean let God care for me? And what she loves to do is she loves to dig down into the depths of my soul. This is a great, my whole teaching is a plug for this course, by the way. I didn't really know that was going to happen. Yeah. Yes, you should have. <laughs> so, like, without telling you my whole life story, I'm going to tell you my whole life story. If you look back at my life, like, my mom was chronically ill. For some of you who might not know that, she had lupus, chronically ill. And so, as a little boy growing up, right, men don't talk about this stuff sometimes, and that's to our own default, our own uh, detriment, right? But as a little boy, my mom wasn't able to care for me sometimes. I don't know if any of you are moms who have little kids, but like when they're hurting, what do you want to do? You want to be there. And she was literally in the hospital for months at a time. She was bedridden for months at a time. There was just literally no way she could physically care for me. So there's gaps in my upbringing where my mom couldn't care for me as a little boy. And there's something in there that, that, that got lodged in me. There's something broken in me. My parents were great parents, unconditional love. They loved me so deeply, but there just is things, there are things that happen in life that aren't anyone's fault, but they still hurt you and you still suffer the consequences. And so growing up, I needed to go somewhere with pain and I didn't have, I wasn't, there was no healthy response there. So as a teenager, I went to sin I didn't, know, I didn't know how to be cared for. I didn't know how to let God care for me. I didn't know how to let God be gentle with my pain. So I went to sin. I went to escapism. And we do that, don't we? It's so much easier to escape it than to deal with it. You know, and then I got married. And then, strangely enough, I, I made Mandy to be my caregiver. And like, one, I remember one time, I'll never forget this, we were in therapy and the same counselor, we were in marriage therapy, and she looked at me and she said, you know you treat Mandy like she's God, right? And I was like, wait, I'm not supposed to? <laughs> it's worked well so far. But like I needed Mandy to be okay with me. And if she wasn't okay with me, I was broken. That's not good. That's not fair to her. She can't be God. My expectation of her to keep me together is not fair to her. It's not fair to me. It's sinful. It's unhealthy. I needed to get free of that, delivered of my wife. No, just kidding. <laughs> I needed to learn to let God take care of me. I'm still learning it. How many of you know God as a gentle God? How many of you know this is Jesus? Can you imagine? You have no problem hearing Jesus come up and say, hey, I've got a mission for you. And you're like, yes! I love that Jesus, right? Or Jesus comes and says, hey, you need to change this behavior. And you're like, yes, I receive conviction. I love that Jesus. How many of you can just be like Jesus who comes and says, like, sit down. Let me sit by your bed and tell you three hours of stories. Let me love you in your pain. How many of you know a gentle Jesus? See, gentleness these words get so hard to define because we just use them. We don't, gentleness, in, in the way I'm going to talk about it today, moves towards another person's pain. And it starts with Jesus. You can't learn to be gentle with others 
This is, this is out there. I don't know if I even agree with this statement, but I'm putting it out there. Ready? You can't learn to be gentle with others until you learn to let Jesus be gentle with you. What do you think? It's got the ring of truth, right? I mean, Chris is shaking his head. You can probably learn to be gentle, but it won't be as good. How's that? Okay. See, gentleness from God to you says three things. God says, I've got you. Do you need to hear that this morning? Like, I'm not trying to be dramatic and sappy. I'm not trying to make you cry, but it wouldn't be nice if some of you did a little bit, all right? No, but this is God. In that burden, think about the burden that you're carrying. Can you hear God coming to you and saying, I've got you. I've got you. I'm not going to solve it all, but I've got you. I will hold you. I will strengthen you. Can you hear him say, I get it. I've been there. I've felt that pain. I know that disappointment. I know that. Like the Bible tells us that we have a high priest. You know, it's Old Testament language. It talks about Jesus who has, can understand all the pain that we're going through. He has been through it. And he says, I'll give you what you need. Listen, I've got you. I get it. And I'm going to give you what you need. I'm not going to necessarily solve it, but I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going to give you the courage. I'm going to give you the strength. I'm going to bring you healing to your heart. Some of us need to hear Jesus like this. We need to know a gentle Jesus in our lives. It's so hard not to say gentle giant when I say gentle Jesus. It almost just rolls right off the tongue. Gentle giant Jesus, that's even weirder. Okay. See, gentleness moves towards another's pain. Part one. (laughs) Okay? That's the first part of the teaching. Some of you, some of us, me, I need to hear that. I've been thinking about that and meditating upon that, and I want to know that. I want to know Christ. This is one of my favorite verses. Paul writes, I want to know Christ. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. But I want to know him, the whole thing. I want to know Christ. I want to know the gentleness of Jesus moving towards me. I want to mature to the fact, to the point where I can bring my pain to Jesus and, and, and open my heart to Jesus and not just distract it with study and religious duty and helping other people, but actually let God take care of me. I want to learn how to do that. Do you? Do you want to let Jesus move towards your pain and your disappointment and your frustration and your burden that you're carrying? You can start that today. Part two. We need to do this for each other. I want to tell you that there's a difference between coming to church and being part of the church. You can come to church and not be cared for. But once you become part of the church, this is how we live. The church moves towards each other's pain. The church embodies gentleness. Can you and I embody the gentleness of Jesus? That Matthew eleven twenty eight verse, come to me, everyone who's burdened, and I will give you rest because I'm gentle and I'm humble. Can we embody that to the world? Can we start? Let's embody that to each other. The people in this room who are in pain, we're all there. You don't have to look far. You could just look to your left. That person needs you to love them. And you could look to your right. That person needs you to love them, right? Ephesians tells us to be completely gentle. 
Colossians tells us to clothe ourselves with gentleness. Titus tells us to always be gentle towards everyone. Philippians tells us to let our gentleness be evident to all. See, gentleness moves towards another's pain. You and I need to embody that. The body of Christ, right? The, the, the church, what Paul calls the body of Christ. We're the physical presence of Jesus on earth. We're the, and this is so cheesy and I hate saying it, but we're the hands and feet of Jesus Right? We're, we're, if someone's going to be hugged by Jesus, we're going to be hugging them. If someone's going to have a meal brought to them by Jesus, we're going to be bringing them a meal. If someone's going to have a phone call from Jesus, we're going to be calling. If someone's going to have a prayer, it's going to be us praying. How can you and I move towards one another's pain? How can we be marked by this? Wouldn't it be great if City Light was all of these things? City Light is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And they're like, they're so gentle. They are the kind of people who sit next to your bedside and tell you stories for three hours. You know, gentleness, when we say it, says, I'm with you. How many times do you just need someone to be with you? I've told this story before too, but it's a good one. So I was, we, we were really young. It's funny, we're starting to see other people have kids and we remember having kids, barely. And it's like, wow, we were really young when we had kids too. And we didn't know what we were doing either. And we look at you guys and we're like, good luck. Good luck, Becca. Becca had a great moment on stage today where, her, where um, Logan was like laying on the floor while she's trying, we're, we're having so many technical difficulties, she's trying to get her iPad to work. And she just looks at him and says, like, can you get off the floor? She said it really nicely though. It was better than I would have done. It was really good. But uh, what was I talking about? Oh, when we had kids. Yeah, so when we had little kids, what am I talking about? Oh, yes, now I got it. I'm back. You ready? Gentleness. Okay, so Samuel had these febrile seizures, two of them. And one of them, the first one that happened, we have never, he turned blue. I mean, it was terrifying. And ambulance rushed him to the hospital I, I was at work, so I'm like driving, you know, really unsafely to the hospital, terrified. We get there, he's hooked up to all these things, and it's like, what is my life right now? What are we, like 25, 26 years old at that time? And I don't know what I'm doing. They don't give you any training to be a parent. They don't, they don't give you any handbook. There's no classes. I had to take four years of classes just to graduate college. They told me nothing about what to do if your kid has a febrile seizure. That's the kind of stuff they should be teaching you. So I'm like in, in this hospital room and like, I'm the dad. I don't feel like the dad, right? When you're growing up, your dad knows everything and has all the answers and can fix every problem. I'm like, I am not that guy. <laughs> and then like, We've been there for an hour or two, and my dad walks in, and I just had this immediate visceral response. I just started weeping. I was like, thank God I'm not in charge anymore, right? I just fell on the floor. I didn't fall on the floor, but I did. I was just like, daddy. I, mean, I didn't say daddy, but like there was something inside of me, you know? It was like, he just came. He didn't know anything either. Here's the thing I learned. He was faking it the whole time, Right? But he was just with me. Remember that? Remember when he walked in? You cried a little bit too. Yes, you did. You cried. 
And it was just like good to have someone be with. Have you ever been going through something that's so hard and someone comes and just was with you and they don't fix it and they don't talk a whole lot, but they're just with you? Or in Michael's case, they talk a whole lot, right? But they're just with you. That's what gentleness is. Can you just move towards someone else's pain? You know what we do with other people's pain? We're like, they probably don't want to talk about it. They probably don't want to tell me about it. I'll avoid it. They'll avoid it. We'll all be happy. We just need to be with you. Gentleness says, I'm listening. Let me just listen. And gentleness says, listen, I'll help if I can. Doesn't force a solution. I learned that after 25 years of marriage, 24 years of marriage. But like, I'll help if and where I can. See, here's the problem. We have all these assumptions. We assume people are okay. I'm telling you right now, nobody, I know you all. No one's okay at City Light, okay? I I know I just broke serious confidentiality right there, but nobody's okay. Just look around. You're a bunch of messed up freaks, okay? It starts in my house, all right? We assume people are too private. That might be true, but that doesn't mean they don't need to talk. Okay? We assume people would rather not be bothered. We assume they don't, that we don't have what they need. You probably don't. Just like get over yourself. You don't have to fix their problem. You just need to be there. Can you arrive? That's it. You're good. Just arrive and maybe listen. You know what else we're not good at? We're not good at receiving gentleness from people, are we? See, here's how we keep each other at arm's length. This is all the stuff that we do instead of caring for someone. This is all the stuff we do to keep people from caring for us. I, uh, people are probably too busy. I don't want to tell them about my problems. Someone asks you how you're doing. You're like, I'm fine. Whenever your voice goes up when you say fine, you know they're lying. I'm fine. We assume they don't want to hear about our lives. Yes, they do. We assume they've got problems of their own. Yes, they do. You know what helps when you've got lots of problems? For once in your life, hearing someone else's problem. It's like a gift. Can I get an amen? Right? It's like, can I just hear your problems for a while? I'm not the only mess in the room. We assume that we're not worthy of care. Not true. So listen, can we start to move towards one another's pain? Worship team, come up. This is what gentleness is. It's it's embodying the spirit of Jesus who says, come to me all who are burdened, and I will give you rest because I'm gentle and I'm humble. That's the spirit of Jesus. Can we embody that towards each other? I would love for City Light to be a place, and I say this a lot, where everybody is known and everybody knows. Right? And it's another plug for small groups. You're not going to get to this depth just sitting here in rows. Circles are better than rows, right? That's what we believe here at City Light. So today, I want to encourage you to do something. Um, I've got these prayer cards and I printed way too many of them for when we use them. So we're going to repurpose them, okay? So here's, I want everyone to get two of these. You're going to write one for someone in your life that you know is going through a hard time and you're going to pray for them this week and maybe reach out to them. And you're going to write one for yourself. Here's more. Do you need more? If you need more, they're right here. Oh, that wasn't good. Okay, let's see. Write one for yourself, an area where you need to bring your burdens to Jesus, okay? So write one for yourself and write one for someone that you're going to care for this week, either just by praying about them, you don't have to even tell them, or by moving towards them in some way. 